Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode 25 of The Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leinert. I'll be doing the color commentary for the Phoenix on AUDL.TV once the season starts. I'm joined by everyone's favorite Phoenix personality, Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Shaggy, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. I made elephant toothpaste today. What the hell is elephant toothpaste? Uh, it's basically a fancy word for foam. Um, but if you call it elephant toothpaste, the kids get really into it. So that was fun. That's pretty cool. Tonight's an exciting evening for me, or an exciting evening at the Liner household anyway. Why so? It's the Survivor finale tonight, man. We got to figure out who's going to win Survivor season 40. Oh, yeah. I understand this, that this show gets taped like months in advance, but if I were them, I would just stay on the island. I mean, they right now they're coming back to a big COVID problem. Do they even know? Let's pretend for a second that it's not pre-taped. They don't have any phones, right? Yeah, just hang out on the island. <laughs> everyone's everyone's COVID free. Do they know what they're coming back to? They're going to come here and they're going to be floored. So many things have happened since that show started, right? I mean, Kobe died. COVID. It's a different world. It's a whole different world, Shag. It's a whole different world. And you made elephant toothpaste. Yeah, and they would know that. There's so many burning birds to catch up on. <laughs> so many burning birds, so many members of the Phoenix to meet, including Paul Owens, who's been nice enough to join us here today, the uh, now O-line phenom for the Philadelphia Phoenix, the USAU breakout player of the year for AMP last year, a national champion. Paul, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, Paul, I, I, I stopped coaching at Radnor in 2014. And you started playing at Radnor in 2015. Can you talk about what made you want to play? Uh, <laughs> sure, I can talk about that. Yeah, so it was my sophomore year. Um, I had just quit baseball, and one of my good family friends, uh, J.B. Dolan, was on the team at the time. And he uh, he convinced me to, to try out, and I played uh, J.B. my sophomore spring um, with – uh, Mike Bear is my coach, and then I played varsity junior and senior year with Nacho, so I just missed you, Steve. <laughs> JV was a captain of one of my JV teams there. Yeah, JV's a good guy. So what was it like for you last year to, to uh, garner all that attention after your national championship game against uh, with AMP? Uh, it was, it was definitely interesting. Um, I had, it was, I'm very grateful for the support of all of my friends and teammates and, um, family. And lucky for me, those were the people that reached out to me, congratulating me right after the championship. Um, I still haven't really come to terms with everything that's happened. It's, um, I, I watch film and it's, it's still, uh, still good memories to look at. Now you're, kind of stuck in a hard place in in this instance that we're living in right now with the uh with the COVID nineteen. You would be in the middle of captaining the U Penn Void. How much are you missing playing college ultimate and captaining the void? Uh, I'm missing it a ton. Col college ultimate is uh it's it's a different monster. It's it's so fun to be able to um live on campus with your teammates and interact with them on a daily basis. Um, I definitely miss a lot. Unfortunately, um, we didn't get to finish our season, but we had we played uh, two tournaments 
one at Pittsburgh and one in Virginia um, that we got plenty of good competition at. So it was definitely a good start to our season. We were just bummed we couldn't finish it out. Now, on the Phoenix last year, you were more of a D-line player, and this year you're switching over to the O-line. What the, the transition there? Yeah, I think it's more of a um, more of an experience standpoint. I last year I only played the second half of the season, so I played um, six of the last seven games. Um, it was I was an, I was a rookie in the AUDL, so I didn't have a ton of um, game experience with the different field and the different rules. Um, so usually that warrants, you know, a D-line player. Uh, I think I think I'm a good utility player and that I can play both sides of the disc. Um, so it's definitely – I think it was more of an experience standpoint. And then once I got used to the feel, uh, I started to play a little more O-line. Now, we, we did a Phoenix Files going over the Empire game last year with against the Phoenix. And there was a there was a particular play in that game where you got double teamed on the sideline and you tried to throw what looked to be – a blade out of the double team, and it just looked really terrible. So what would O-line Paul tell D-line Paul to do? You know, uh, that that throw still haunts me. So I, I'll walk you guys through it. Um, I caught a D uh, out of a pile, and I ended up getting double teamed right off, uh, right off of that. I was on the sideline. Um, it was obviously late in the game. It was a tight game. It was a little bit of pressure. Um, and I had uh, Peter Burt, or B.A., um, sitting next to me, maybe seven yards, and I had a scuba and a flick blade option, both presentable, and I kind of just, like, threw them both, and the disc didn't go anywhere near him. It fell, like, five feet in front of him. It was terrible, and I think New York ended up scoring. Um, and I came off the field, and Hampson's, Hampson's just sitting there laughing at me. <laughs> And he's like, "Man, did you really just do that?" Uh, but no, it it was all in the all in good experience. Um, what would you do different this uh, this year? Uh, I think he, he Hampson gave me some very good advice. He just said, "You know, take a breath." <laughs> so I will definitely be a little more patient with the disc this year on the line. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, what do you um, foresee the AUDL season being like at this point in time? Yeah, uh, my guess is as good as yours. I think. What the AUDL is trying to do is um, still have some sort of a some sort of a season where we can still publicize the league and you know get players to have a, at least a couple games. Um, I think depending on the situation in the coming months, um, there was talk about you know a shortened season to six games or so, and then a tournament style uh, championship uh, weekend, but that might occur later than normal. Um, so. There's talk about going into the fall, uh, but it's all it's all up in the air. How do you think the Phoenix would do in a, in a weekend-like tournament? Shaggy thinks that they would start in the top six. They would be seated in the top six. I kind of agree with that. Is that something that you would think would be the case? Uh, I'm not sure how it would work out uh, if they would do, you know, an East Coast division and a West division. Um, but, I yeah, I think the Phoenix would definitely uh, hold our own against um, – a lot of the other teams in the league. Uh, we've got a lot of young legs, a lot of new new legs coming in this year. Um, I think we could be really dangerous. Um, we're just we're all kind of bummed that we didn't get to show it. Who stood out to you during tryouts this year that uh, maybe wasn't there last year? The guys that stood out to me were Matt Hanna and Alex Thorne. Um, I was talking to Hampson. I was unfortunately injured for the tryout, so I was helping out. 
um, with that. But I was talking to Hampson a lot, and he was very set on getting those two guys. Um, they're, you know, in the practices that we did have, they've they've been great. They've been great for the team so far, and uh, I was excited to see what they could do, and I'm sure they were as well. What what is it that they bring to the table that uh, is so special? Um, Alex is just super steady. He's also just a fantastic guy. Um, but, you know, he's could be he's will be our center O-line handler, um, and Matt Hanna is just you know full throttle all the time. Incredible athlete. Uh, he's all over the field, and he's a great role model too. All right, well, when the uh, when the Phoenix visited Lincoln Financial Field last year, you were with the team. Unfortunately, though, you put on a Dallas Roughneck jersey and played against the Phoenix in that game at the Link. As a lifelong Philadelphian, what was it like to get booed by the hometown crowd? Uh, you know, it was. I, I was proud of it because I was like, if I was a fan sitting up there and I wasn't playing, I would probably do the same thing. So. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get to play uh, in a Philly jersey, but that's just because I was the youngest on the team. So I drew the short straw, um, but we had guys like Ben Yacht uh, come in and put on a Philly jersey to um, publicize the league and the team. And that's what the that's what the whole event was really about. Um, so I was just happy to be a part of it. What was the coolest part about that experience? Uh, man, everything was so cool. You know, running out, Dallas ran out on the field first. Um, so I was at the front of the line, and I kind of got the first glimpse of what it was like to be under the lights at the link, and uh, that was just spectacular. I kind of just lost my mind running out there, um, but the whole the whole day was great. You know, we had we started at the Novacare Center, which is an awesome facility. Um, the whole Eagles organization is just fantastic. Uh, we had shuttles over the stadium. We were sitting field side. Um, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome day. You talk about your favorite athlete being Pete Weber, of all people. A, a, yes. A, a bowler. Now, are, are bowlers are, – Shaggy, are bowlers considered athletes? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if Frisbee players are, then they are. Uh, what, what are you talking about? Frisbee players run, jump, um, they throw, they get in arguments. I mean, Pete Weber gets in arguments, but with a ball. Now – See, you shouldn't have said run, jump, and throw, because those are all things that bowlers do. They have to run the ball up. They they throw it a little bit. Now, it rolls most of the way, but it's still a little bit of a throw. And then if they do well, they jump in the air. You chose all things. You should have said catch. Catch is something bowlers don't do. Jeez. Oh, I mean, the running part is iffy in and of itself, Shag. Come on. But, all right, I don't Paul, know. Paul, Paul, Pete Weber, Pete Weber. Why Pete Weber? Uh, well, I think when I was filling out the survey, I was just I just finished watching uh, his his highlight that resurfaced on Twitter of you know him him making an incredible stretch down the end of a tournament and him being like, "Who do you think you are? I am," and it just it just pumped me up. So I put Pete Weber. He's got great intensity. <laughs> are you good at bowling? I am. Uh, I'm I'm an amateur. It's I'm not bad, but I'm not great. Because I I hear you're a hustler, Paul. All right, <laughs> I, I hear you like to hustle people. So you like you tell people you're not very good at things, and then you turn out to be very very good at them. And like golf, for example, is that true? Are you a, are you a hustler at golf? I I do t- sometimes hustle people at golf. Yeah. <laughs> how did the, how good are you at golf? Uh, I'm 
I like to think that I'm I'm good for you know uh, the situation that I've been. I've played all my life. Um, I've never been a competitive golfer. I've usually just played for leisure. Um, but you know, a lot of people that play ultimate um, sometimes and usually aren't into golf, so they're a little surprised when I when I make good contact. <laughs> what other sports are you good at? Um, I play. I play squash and I play basketball um, and I play soccer. So I've played all and I've played frisbee for uh, now. This is my sixth year playing. So, um, but I've played soccer and squash and basketball all my life. So I'm, I like to think I'm pretty good at those as well. Who's the best basketball player on the Phoenix? Hmm. Um, Nar is up there. Uh, K Dub is up there. Nate Little is pretty damn good. And James Pollard's pretty good too. We had uh, at our um, preseason banquet meeting, sort of, uh, we had a little three-on-three tournament, and those guys were running the table. So now I'm going to ask a Shaggy F type question here: If the uh, if the Phoenix played the rest of the AUDL in basketball, which team would they have the most trouble with, and why? Biggest? Mm, I don't know. I like to think that we'd have a good shot. Uh, I'm not sure how good Benyad is at basketball, but I, I can imagine he's not bad. Um, I'd like to, I don't know. Out of the division from last year, I think uh, New York would probably give us the give us the most trouble. I got you. All right, Sag, uh, you got anything for for Mr. Owens? Yeah, of course I do. I, uh, first of all, Paul, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, mostly because you you've always been um, extremely nice, and you remember my name which is, I mean, that goes a long way for me. And so I just wanted to say that to you right now, that uh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shaggy. Um, but my question for you is, we had Andrea DeSabato on the podcast from AMP, uh, and she kind of called you out. She said that you're growing at a scary rate and that, like, your growth in Ultimate is one of the, the things that she was looking the most forward to on this season. Is that something that you feel, or is it, you're aware of it, but it, like it might be true, it might not be true. Um, I think it's something I feel, and you know, being an athlete all my life, um, and still, you know, I'm I'm still pretty new to the game compared to some other people in the league and some other people I've played with. Um, so I just try to take you know every point, every practice uh, with trying to trying to get something out of it. Uh, try to take pieces from different players um, and put them together. Have you ever been in a situation where you're playing ultimate and you're like, man, I mean, I played basketball. This is something that works in basketball. I could try it here. And then you've been able to translate it like that. Or is it just more of a general feel for sports that you picked up? Um, I think it's, I think certain aspects from different sports apply. And, you know, I definitely have a very good field sense um, from soccer. So I understand, you know, where space is and um, when it's created and when it's, when it's closed. Um, basketball you know boxing out i've definitely got a good uh good sense of you know having the ball come down and trying to rebound and similar to reading a disc in the air um so my last question is you you always struck me as like a very good natured person and you i know <laughs> well i know that, that steve mentioned uh pete weber but he is like very fiery and while I've seen you exhibit fire never in the same way, like never exactly directed at someone. Is that something that you think I just missed or that uh, it's 
coming. Uh-huh. No, I don't I don't know if uh I don't know. I have a different kind of fire. I um I'm definitely a competitor and I will uh I, I will show my fire by beating you at whatever we're doing. So that's kind of my mentality is I don't really like to trash talk that much. I just kind of I just kinda of play. Uh do you play have you ever played tennis along with the squash? I have not. Never played tennis. That's a shame. So, uh, James Pollard, as I'm sure you know, is a big tennis player, but also Christina plays a lot of tennis, and they both said that they don't think anyone on the team is good enough uh, for them to bother playing again. So I've been trying to find somebody <laughs> that they'd want to play. Might have to might have to take up a couple uh, couple practices or a couple lessons. <laughs> yeah, then you can hustle them in tennis too. That would be something if you could. Uh, match up to them in tennis. James is really good. I've never seen him play, but... I've heard James is very good, yes. Paul, it doesn't uh, seem like it doesn't seem like a lot of the things bother you. Like, pressure doesn't seem to get to you. That You seem to be able to perform no matter what the uh, circumstances. Is, is that something that you have worked uh, to uh, to build against there, or is that something that comes natural? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's either one of those. I think it was just especially um, at club nationals last year, I think I was really just oblivious to, you know, what was going on uh, as a young player. My first, first year playing with AMP, first year playing at um, a nationals level tournament. Um, I just didn't really know what was, what was riding on the line. So I kind of just went out there and played. Well, cause you talk about against, against New York about how things were getting late in the game and uh, you were like the, the pressure was starting to get ratcheted up and you were, it didn't, it didn't seem to bother you. You did the moment didn't seem to be too big for you. And it's like, how do you guard against knowing that, what knowing that moment exists now that you maybe you were oblivious to before? That's a good question. I think that, you know, going into it, if I were to go into a similar situation, I would just uh, be able to trust my teammates and trust myself. Um, you know, we're there for a reason and uh, we've kind of built up for those moments and the real pressure, there's no, there's no pressure. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, I think that, you know, just having experience and having, having uh, the ability to trust the teammates, the other six guys that are on the field with you, uh, it makes a whole world of a difference. All right. For, Alexander Shaggy Stregas for Paul Owens. I'm Steve Leinert. We'll be right back. When it comes to financing your home, you only want to work with the best. Ranked as the number one residential mortgage lender in Pennsylvania since 2016, Jeremy Durkin and his team of consultants at Trident Mortgage have been helping families with home finance for over 17 years. Visit jeremydurkin.tridentmortgage.com to get started and learn more from Jeremy and his team. Welcome back, Phoenix fans, to another segment of the Burning Birds. I'm still Steve Leiner, and he's still Alexander Shaggy Stragas. Shaggy, thanks for coming back. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be back. Something strange happened to me today, Shag. I was I was at work, and someone walked in wearing a Philadelphia Phoenix hat. Wow. Did you know them? I didn't know them at all. And oh my gosh. I, I said I said to him I I said to him I was like hey I really like your hat, and they they were like 
they were kind of shocked that somebody recognized what the hat was. And I was like, I said to them, I'm the host of the Burning Bird. And you know what they said? What? Are you shaggy? <laughs> Man, I'm so offended, but that's so cool. I'm I'm only kidding. They didn't say that yeah. at all, Shaggy. They didn't that's say that. <laughs> I said uh, I said I'm the host of the Burning Bird, the podcast for the team, and he was like, I don't know what that is. Sure, that that sounds more reasonable. <laughs> And I said, uh, like, how do you how do you know any, anybody from the Phoenix? And he goes, I'm I'm Paul Owens' his uncle. And uh, we we started talking about Paul Owens a little bit, who was just on the previous segment of the Burning Bird. And uh, we we got to uh, talking about what a very nice young man Mr. Owens is, even even uh, verified by his family there. So, and uh, I'm, we're we're wondering, we're joined we're joined in this segment by Brandon Pastor. Brandon, thanks for joining us. You got it, no problem. Excited to be here. <laughs> and now, are, do, you, do you find Paul Owens to be as affable as everybody else finds? Him absolutely, or? absolutely. Oh, He's one man, of the we nicest were, guys. Oh, <laughs> we were, I was, I was kind of hoping somebody was going to say something bad about him today, but I guess that's can't. not going to happen. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Brandon, how did you, how did you start playing ultimate? I started my senior year of high school just playing pickup with a bunch of kids in our high school. And one day, someone somehow organized a team at another school, and we played them, and we destroyed them. And uh, from that day on, I don't know, it's kind of just the one sport that I really enjoyed. Uh, I didn't do any other team sports, so this was the first one. And uh, it was great time, end of high school. And then... Um, Went to college, and I didn't do it for the first two years, but uh, the last two years at Delaware, I, I did, so should have right, done those first two. All right, well, let's let's not jump out of high school just yet, because okay. now there, there's, a, there's a story that uh, that Shaggy shared with me, and I wanted to make sure that it was true. It is true. Uh, Go ahead. Um, <laughs> well, it's prom season. Um, did you lose your prom date because you were throwing in the parking lot with a bunch of guys? It wasn't a parking lot. It was the field. But, yes, yes, it did happen. <laughs> How did that go down? Like, did you bring her to the prom? Were you all dressed up? And somebody was like, of course I was all dressed up. It was prom. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in a tuxedo? Did you go throwing in a tuxedo? Okay, so the way my school does it is they have prom, and then they have an after party, which is at the school. So you go to the school, and you have to sit there from, like, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., and then they hand out the, the caps and gowns and things like that. So we're all just sitting there, and my friend comes over with a disc. This is the, one of the guys. Uh, his name is Ian McGore. He uh, kind of brought me into the whole sport in high school. And he's like, hey, do you want to toss around? So I just got up, and I left. And eventually, I don't know, maybe half hour, 45 minutes later, like, we, I had to meet back up with her. And he's like, oh, where were you? I was like, oh, you know, I was just throwing around with some friends. <laughs> Great time. I would do it again. Did, did she leave you? Did, was, that, was that the end of the relationship? No, no, we weren't actually dating. We were, we were friends oh. at that point, so. All right, no, all right. Big, no big deal. All right, so why wouldn't you play your first two years at the University of Delaware? So I went to the first tryout, and it was raining. And it, like, wasn't that great of a time. And everyone was, like, sliding around in the mud. And it was just too much. Also, I was an engineering major, and I had my priorities mixed up. I thought engineering was more important than Frisbee, which is incorrect. I realize that now. <laughs> so then... My junior, senior year, I decided to go back out to the team, give it a try, 
and uh, fell in love with it. I was on the B team both years, and uh, no problems with that. But again, I had the priorities mixed up. Uh, they asked me to go to an A tournament one one uh, weekend, and I had a couple tests the next week. So I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I probably shouldn't go. And then they suggested I just try out for the B team, which is probably more suited towards my style. And I said, okay, that's fine. So I did B the first year, and I just kind of liked everyone on the team, so I didn't even go for A the next year. So even even B teams have their claim to fame. Like, what was your claim to fame down at the Delaware playing for the B team? Uh, claim to fame. I was a guy who didn't drink in college, so I was always the guy driving everyone around to parties and stuff. But I never. You were the most. Said no. That's right. That's right. Um, I don't really remember too many of the games. I remember we had one a few, and one specific Maryland tournament, actually, I remember. Uh, there was this one kid on Maryland. I don't know who, what his name is, so don't even ask. He was kind of destroying everybody. And then we were about to play them in the finals, and the coaches came up to me, and they said, hey, we need you to guard this guy because he is killing everybody. We don't know what to do. Uh, and then I got on him. I think he only scored one point the whole game, and it was a very dangerous play that he got a concussion on. And I kind of like let him dive into a group of people, and he ended up getting it, which is okay. But then we won the game and we won the whole tournament. So captains came up to me afterwards, and they were very, very proud, even though I didn't win Defensive Person of the Year. As a former B team captain myself, I can assure you that those awards are largely political. They, they don't. Oh, good to know. <laughs> well, at Delaware, they had this thing that was called the bag, where whoever had the best defense would win everything in the bag, and someone would bring something. And they would throw it in the circle, and then at the end of the tournament, they'd all vote on who had the best defense in the tournament, and that person would get to take home everything. And I think in that bag was like an Xbox and a whole bunch of stuff like that, and they came up to me afterwards, and they said I should have. And I was like, ah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody owes owes Brandon an Xbox, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, So this is your, this, this will be your third year on the Phoenix. Uh, what like you didn't seem to be very say very highly competitive in high school. You didn't play highly competitive in college. What made you come out for the competitive uh, Phoenix team in the AUDL? I had always wanted to play for a professional team. I think it's at the highest level of competition, and I think that I was able to handle it. And I still have a lot of fun there. It's not like, you know, I, I, sometimes people think I'm not playing hard because I'm laughing and joking around, but it's not true. I care just as much, and I'm just as competitive, but I just show it in a different way, I think. So I, while I was on the B team at Delaware, not playing, like, super seriously, I still cared a lot about it, and I wanted to win, things like that. Um, and then as soon as I heard that Phoenix was a thing, you know, I was going to the tryouts right from the, the first time. I think 2014 was the first time I tried out, actually. I got the shirt, actually, right here. I don't know what year it is, but they were handing out shirts that year. Yeah, all right. Um, and then, so, I, I mean, I didn't make it the first bunch of years, and that was before I even did anything. I, I kind of took, a, I guess, a, a small break after college. Um, and then I heard club was a thing, and that's how, like, people got more recognized. So I tried out for club teams, and I made those. And eventually my name started getting around there, and then uh, I finally made the team three years ago, and... Been on it ever since. What What do you think the uh, biggest difference is, is the, between the team back then and, and the team now? It. I think there's a lot of passion on the team now. A lot more people that that really are here to to want to win and want to play hard and and actually compete in this thing. 
I know there's like a big difference between club and professional and there's a whole, you know, everyone's kind of, which one do you prefer kind of thing. And now I think the people on this team really care about this team and this is their top priority, which is very important to me as well. I think that's one of the key differences. Are there, are there any others? I mean, just the, the atmosphere of the team is also very nice this year. I wouldn't say it's super different from last year, uh, just because it was very similar coaching staff and um, a lot of the players were similar. But <laughs> what are you? What are you? What, what were you looking forward to the most from the, from this year? This year, I was kind of a hundred percent committed to this team, and I was looking forward to. I mean, first of all, I was looking forward to going down south because uh, now that we're in the new division, I think that was what I was lo- most looking forward to, is to get to play a couple new teams that we hadn't played before, um, which would have been very exciting, and kind of just check out the rest of the competition from the league. So you, uh, you're turning 30 this year there, Brandon. I, I, That's I right. Bring, I, I hate to bring that up to you. <laughs> okay. End of the year. Makes you, it makes you one of the elder statesmen on the, uh, on the, on the team, and, 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 so to speak. Um, what's it What's it like watching these young guys come up behind you and uh, and uh, and start to uh, watch, and watch their development? I think it's great. I think it's great that people are caring so much about this sport, and it means so much to them that they're willing to come to these tryouts and and fly across the country just to play in one game. Uh, it's it's something it's hard to ask of everyone, but the people that accept it and are willing to do that, I think it's a kind of like a once in a lifetime experience that they would regret if they hadn't done it otherwise. So it's really good to see that people are still coming into this league at a younger age and not just focusing on club. What do you envision the uh, AUDL season looking like at this point? At this point, I would think maybe towards the end of August, maybe, this is what I want. I would like for us to play each team once. Maybe we can meet at a central location for like two weekends for the last ones and just have five games maybe like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the next weekend, Saturday, Sunday or something, and then try and figure out what they can do with that and, you know, maybe top three of our division go to the to the next round. But I, I don't even know if that's going to be a possibility. That's my ideal situation right now. Have you heard anything? I may have. I may not oh, have. Boy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know anything. I can't. I can't break any news here on the Burning Bird. Sure, um, you should have. But I, I can speculate. I, I am allowed to speculate, and I think the. I think the. It would be very intriguing to, to see how the Phoenix would fare in a one weekend tournament. Uh, well, with that, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday type format. Kind of like college nationals, but with the AUDL separated into their divisions, and right. and and to, to have pool play, um, like in, in, on AUDL sized fields, and let let the let the let the cream rise to the top. Let if you know you, you would have to expand your roster to all thirty players, but I think that benefits the teams like the Phoenix who are uh, 30, 30 players deep. And I I would welcome that kind of format. I would also welcome welcome like what something like you saying an truncated season, um, where you're playing on on the weekends to 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 get to the playoffs really quickly. But then you'd have to ex- expand the playoff format, in my opinion, to accommodate more teams. So, um, I I think the AUDL is doing their best to make a season happen. 
I think they're waiting to see what is going on. I think uh, like today, the, the uh, New Jersey saying that they're opening up opening up the beaches Memorial Day for the uh, for the for the uh, for the, uh, the Jersey Shore is now going to be open for vacation and what? Really? Yeah, that the uh, the governor opened all that up for uh, saying that they're they're Memorial Day. So I mean, if if all this is going if this if all this is going to open up. And that and if that means Wildwood is as a likelihood that it's going to be played, then I mean, why can't you have an AUDL season? I think if Wildwood's going to be played, then the AUDL should definitely happen. Just the number of, the number of people on that beach is uh, is insane. Oh, it's it's absolutely. I don't think there's any chance uh, that Wildwood happens, despite the fact that the registration just went out. Um, I do think it's funny though about Philadelphia and New Jersey. Uh, in 1919, the last global pandemic that we had in the U.S., there was a big spike, right? And people were overwhelmed, and there were a lot of deaths. And then that spike was going down, and Philly decided that they would have a parade to raise money for war bonds for World War II. And it's the deadliest parade in uh, human history. We lost thousands of lives because there was a second spike because everybody came out to the Philadelphia parade. So I'm always reminded that uh, the last time there was a pandemic, Philly was at the center of it. Are you, are you saying that to be uh, to be mindful of your history because it may repeat itself, Jack? Yeah, I'd be wary. I'm a little I'm a little wary too, but uh, it looks like things are a go, and it, it's not a go from like my end. But at the same time, if in July the beaches are open and, and there hasn't been a second spike, and Wildwood is happening then why wouldn't an AUDL season be on the cusp? That's fair. I think an AUDL season would be even easier uh, because we'd be able to, hopefully at that point, we'd have turnaround tests or saliva swabs. We'd be able to test the players uh, before games um, and during the week, and it wouldn't be an undue financial burden on anybody. It also wouldn't make the league look bad. Because right now, if you can't, like, it's hard to get tests, and it's hard to get them you know, done at a reasonable time, and not everyone's quarantined the same way. So if we can get there, I think we've got a better shot. I think that, though, the bar for Wildwood's much higher than the bar for the AUDL. I think there are many ways that we could have a season, and there's still no Wildwood. Why do you think there's not going to be a Wildwood? If the, if the, uh, beaches, if the beaches are going to be open, why no Wildwood? Because Wildwood is a social gathering of 5,000 people. It just it would boggle my mind that that would occur. Like, right now, you know, Philadelphia won't allow any social gatherings at all. We're not that far from July, really. Uh, I don't want to talk about this too much because it's sad. (laughs) (laughs) It is sad. I think if Wildwood does happen, it wouldn't be a very smart idea. I think it could happen, Mm. and it would just not be the greatest thing. People, A lot of people would probably get sick, and uh, people would regret it. Yeah. What if, what if it happened in a on, on a, in a in a much much smaller scale? Well, then we're good to go. We have that. It's it's FPSL, and that might not happen either. So you know. that's happening. An email just got sent out right now about it. We're good to go. They're gonna do a draft. Don't worry. Said, Don't worry. <laughs> the email said that we're not having games. Well, what I read was that we're not having games, and if we're still not having games in July, then they'll call it. So we'll have one at the end of July, just so we don't have to call it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Man, anything to play some ultimate, right, Brandon? Yeah, you got that right. Shag, you got anything, bud? Yeah, I have a lot of things. Uh, the oh, first bro. thing, 
I, I need to get this out of the way really quickly. So I played on a fall league team with you. Uh, we built the best possible roster and submitted it to the worst possible league we could find in the area uh, because I guess everyone wanted to win a medal. It was worth it for me, I think, by a big margin. It was a very, very fun experience. There were a lot of people that were really talented was, on the team. I was on the team. Steve was on the team. He was one of the really talented people. Uh, and a lot of the things that I want to ask you come out of hey, the first. Hey, wait a second. Brandon, did you just laugh at me? No, it was something else. I was re- I was reading something. <laughs> the first thing that I want to ask is, and this is really something that I took away from this experience, how are you so likable? Like, for the rest of the year, every time I went to the bubble, I was just hoping to run into you. You're just such a fun person to be, to be around. How am I supposed to answer that? I don't know. I uh, I, I get along with uh, with a lot of people. It's uh, well, also like don't sell yourself short here, Shaggy. All right, like very fun to hang out with, and that team was one of my favorite teams. Like to be able to play with all these people. First of all, that I already play with, like Himalaya Meta and uh, Mike Arcada, and then other people that are usually behind the scenes of the Phoenix, like Jeff George and you and and Steve. It was just such a great experience to now like have everyone in one team playing something that we all love to do, and it was just a really great time. I would do that team every year. Yeah, it was a, that was a mixed team, and I think we had nine of the ten best players on that team. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <we>. fantastic. <laughs> oh, man, fantastic. It, was a, it was wild. So the other thing that I took away from not just watching you play in the AUDL, but also there is you're surprisingly athletic because, you're, you know, you're, you're a little smaller, I think, than someone who – has your uh, physical capabilities, but you're also more than anything seem to be a right place at the right time kind of player. You always seem to know exactly where to be um, almost before the play is happening so that you can get your cutoff and get open. Is that something that you've worked on? Is it something that you have from just only playing Frisbee? How do you manage that? It is definitely something that I worked on. And I would say most I've worked on it in this past year. Um, this, this past year I had like a kind of a lot of free time and I decided to fill all that free time with as many ultimate leagues as I possibly could because running around and doing workouts and things like that is really great for getting in shape, but getting in game touches is like invaluable and it's really, really tough to do. Even throwing with someone outside, you don't get this stuff, which is field vision and things that just, you need to be able to be playing the game in order to to get this kind of stuff. So this past year, I've had a game, I would say five to six times a week for the whole year or, or something like that, uh, obviously whenever games are. Um, so it kind of comes with that. And I was trying to get better at field awareness because it was something I, I definitely struggled with, um, setting up cuts from other people and things like that. But trying to put it all together into one thing, the the athletic ability and the throwing and the cutting and the field space and um, – it's great that you said that because it really it makes it it warms my heart that you that you saw it because I have been working on it. Well, I'm glad. That's <laughs> funny that you. It's funny that you say that thing about the leagues. We had um, Andrea DeSabato on the Phoenix Files. She mentioned you. She mentioned three players as their Phoenix players to watch, and you were one of them. She said uh, Luke Ryan and Paul Owen, probably because they played for Amp, and she felt obligated to. And then she mentioned you, and she said, she said, Brandon's really been playing a lot of leagues. He's worked really hard. He was someone I was really excited to see. I don't know if you heard that, but, you know, is that something that – what do you think about that? I did hear it, yes. And it is an honor to be, uh, you know, to have her say that. And 
It's true. It, it's true. Uh, we were doing the Mercer County League together um, on separate teams, but in the same league. And um, I don't know. Just a great. It's just great to do leagues. Everyone should do as many leagues as they can. Yeah, it is the thing that I miss. I am most uh, devastated by during this quarantine. I think yes. my inability to play semi-competitive, semi-casual frisbee with right. people that I enjoy. I completely agree. Uh, but we'll get back out there soon. Don't worry. I'm ready. I'm itching. Okay, so <laughs> and finally, I, I wanted to ask you about my favorite Brandon Pascoe moment in my oh, whole boy. life. Other than, actually, <laughs> my first, it is, this is my favorite moment, but my second favorite moment is when I was trying to learn things about you to send back coins to Steve. I Googled Brandon Pastor Ultimate. And uh, the first hit was for a pastor named Brandon, whose ultimate ideals are. So that didn't help, but I did enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> so it's 2018. It's a home game against Montreal. And a throw goes up to, I think, Ryan Brown, who's in the end zone. And you are you're running, you're trailing the play. And you're just, like, throwing Montreal defenders to the ground on your way down. Uh, and then... Ryan Brown catches it in the end zone, but oh no, he didn't catch it. He he bobs it up at the last second, and because you're trailing the play, right place, right time, it falls into your hands, and you put the disc under your arm and start swinging your elbows and strutting away <laughs> while the Montreal players are screaming at the refs. The play gets taken away, and because I guess you set a pick, but it, it was my favorite moment. I thought Ryan Brown said the pick. I thought the foul was called on him, and I was oh, I was really? there for cleanup. I don't remember exactly. I do remember the play. I don't remember who the foul was called on. Do you remember strutting away? Because that's I do, I do. Part. It was a great play, and it, they couldn't they shouldn't take great plays like that away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you were. It's the first time I've ever seen one of my most strongly held frisbee maxims is that if you celebrate the play enough. They they won't take it away from you, and it's the uh, first time I ever saw that not come true. Because I thought that was, I thought that celebration was worth its weight in at least a point. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> Maybe we can get them to adjust the scores. Yeah, <laughs> we we beat Montreal by eleven. So I don't know how much it matters, but I'll, all right, never mind, never mind. <laughs> call the week. Well, your personal stats we could buff up at least. Uh, I was very happy with my personal stats from that year, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> Okay, then I won't bother. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Although I do have an uh, email correspondence with the general manager, uh, or not the general manager, the uh, the commissioner of the league. So I could throw it in there at our next uh, weekly pen pal meeting. Oh, yeah, why not? Why don't you? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it couldn't hurt, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phoenix fans. Stay tuned for another segment after these commercial messages. For Alexander Shaggy Stragus, I'm Steve Leiner. For Brandon Pastor. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, anytime. I hope you had a good time. Absolutely. All right, thank you for joining us. And uh, Phoenix fans, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Coats is the mineral sunscreen that's so simple, the ingredients are in the name. Coats stands for contains only titanium and zinc, which means no preservatives and no chemical sunscreen filters on your skin. Visit cotzskincare.com to learn more about healthy sun protection and to get your supply of coat sunscreen today. Welcome back, Phoenix fans, to another segment of The Burning Birds. I'm still Steve Leinert. He's still shaggy. 
<laughs> Thanks for coming back. Yeah, of course. Glad to be back. Uh, it's another fine weekend in the uh, suburbs of Philadelphia, Shag. How's your quarantine going? Um, it's going pretty well. It was my girlfriend's birthday yesterday, and we actually had a pretty fun day. I had planned to take her to a concert and do all this stuff, but instead we ended up getting ice cream uh, from, like, a curbside pickup place, and we got Thai food. We went to Edgley, which was pretty nice. Didn't really do much there, you know, but we got to hang out on a field, so it was pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Uh, happy birthday to Emily. Uh, very nice day that you made for it, Air Shag, I'm sure. Yeah, it was fun. I'll pass on your birthday wishes. Oh, that's uh, that's excellent. Uh, that's that's very nice of you. And uh, speaking of quarantine, we are joined by Phoenix D line cutter Matt Ballman. Matt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. How are you handling the quarantine? I am handling it by hanging out and doing the most that I can, which hasn't really amounted much but I've been doing it. <laughs> Have you been doing any of those Phoenix workouts? Yeah, yeah. I I so I came up with a thing that was like two workouts. We were doing like a, a competition every week where you do like two different body weight type workouts and we split the team up into sub teams and Every week we record, we have a spreadsheet where we log how many reps or minutes of whatever we did. And then at the end of the week, we uh, go over and see who's in the lead. Um, but I've been doing that. I've been doing a lot of running, some throwing when I can. So I live in uh, central Jersey. So I live in Monroe Township. It's right near, like, northeast of Princeton. And so no one on the Phoenix really lives near me. So it's kind of it's kind of tough getting throwing partners. So I've been just throwing my backyard bring a stack of discs and go and collecting them and then go to the other side of the yard, picking them up and then throwing the other side. So it's been really, really eventful. A lot of fun. Well, you, you are really isolated up there. <laughs> uh, as far as Frisbee's concerned, yes. I don't know if these places exist, man, but I think you got to find a disc golf course. Then you can go there, at least well, you're throwing towards something. Well, yeah. So I, I was playing disc golf. Uh, and then New Jersey shut down parks for like more than a month and they just opened this past weekend and so oh, yeah so it's like the, the entire month gone by I've just uh i was actually throwing i was throwing with scotty zoo because he lives in princeton but he was like he was like 40 minutes away from me so it's like it's tough to meet up and figure out times during the week especially with like both of us work from home at our respective jobs and at conference calls hey what's the what's the toughest part about working out alone up there the worst part is like shuttles. When you're doing shuttles in a field and you have like nobody to pump you up or keep you motivated when you're doing like a fourth or fifth set of three three reps of like 10 to 20, 30, 40 yard shuttles and you've been doing them for the past like 25, 30 minutes, like it can really, it's, it's, you really got to find somewhere deep in your soul to, uh, to keep you going. Because that that is not not one of my favorite workouts, so I I make sure I do them a lot to try and start liking them, but it hasn't worked yet. I got you. So where are you uh, where are you from originally? So I'm I'm from Monroe Township, New Jersey. Okay, that's where you were born and raised. There. Yep, I'm still with my parents. Okay, that's cool. I mean, uh, 
saving some money there. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. What do they What do they think about you playing for the Phoenix? Uh, they like it. My my dad has made it to one game um, uh, last year, but like I don't know. I I I think they think of it as like a hobby that I do, and and uh, I don't think they would be very surprised to how how serious and how how much of like a culture it is, as opposed to just like a hobby. Uh, saying a hobby is, is almost disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a little more than a hobby to uh, the uh, yeah to the, to the to the Phoenix. That's for that's that's hundred percent. Now, um, now you were uh, you started off playing basketball and and running track. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Now, was that something you did in high school? Yeah, yeah. I play. I actually only played basketball my senior year, and I play, I ran track all all four years. Okay. And now, is, what made you go to the University of Delaware? Uh, so actually, both my parents went there. Um, my parents met there. They went there. My dad proposed. My mom one of the steps, and so and my grandpa taught there. Uh, so for me, being like 20 minutes away from Rutgers, it was between Rutgers and Delaware. And Delaware is an hour and a half away. It's like just far enough where I feel like I'm on my own. Uh, and I and I visited there plenty of times just because I have some family ties. And eventually. Uh, when the decision came, it was pretty easy. I did not want to go to Rutgers and be that close to home. So <laughs> now, 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 legend legend has it that uh, Phoenix coach Dave Hampson saw you shooting hoops in a gym at the University of Delaware, and he like like you like a little sparkle came to his eye, and all he thought about was like you were the perfect ultimate specimen, being six foot five. Um, was was and then he came up to you and he he started talking to you and he he talked you into playing ultimate. Can you go back and talk to us about what that conversation was like? Uh, you know, I'm be honest. I don't know how much uh, truth to that to that conversation. <laughs> uh, I I definitely um I definitely saw him in the Udell gym a couple of times, but I think our first uh, run-ins were. <clears throat> my first year playing uh at Delaware so my okay. sophomore year uh I had a roommate and we were dead set on joining a club sports team or doing something that just just to get more involved on campus and meet people and we went to a frisbee combine and there's a bunch of kids uh who I think because of my size and how fast I am they immediately were like took a liking to me and uh I wonder why <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was just it was just like uh I really connected with a bunch of guys that first day um I knew someone from playing pickup basketball before and then I decided to stick with it and uh luckily I did because it's, it's become a big part of my life so when did Hanson enter the picture and what did he have to say so I'm pretty sure I met him uh, multiple times before any any time we might have met at gym. Maybe he came to a practice or two because uh, him and Dustin Damiano, would, maybe they were the coaches then. I don't remember. It was a while ago. But uh, they would come and watch us and give us advice. And I don't really remember what our first conversation was, but if I had to bet, I'm pretty sure it was something. I think we were at a, a party, and Hampson came up to me and he was talking to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, – I beer bombed a forty 
for like a majority of like a 40 ounce thing and then right after that he became like super close (laughs) 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 i I can see hampton right now going i think i like this guy (laughs) we we i think we we were hitting it off pretty well i don't remember what our first conversation was like but i remember we me him and uh charlie mccutcheon if you know if you know him he plays in minnesota now but we went back to uh a house that we were pre-gaming at and there was like three we there was like three quarters of a four U S sitting on a table from what he was using earlier. And somehow I lost the odds or like they dared me to do it and I was just like, Let's let's go and I was like uh I was like twenty years old or or twenty one years old and uh <laughs> and yeah. There you go. Nice I love that first sight. Nice job, yeah. Matt. Well done. <laughs> way to way to make friends. That's how you yeah. do it right there. Yeah. Especially down in Delaware. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Shaggy, I, uh, I've i been meaning to ask questions since the beginning of this. What do you get when you go to Thai food? When I got Thai food? So normally, yeah. when I was a kid, I was pretty uh, conservative. Like, at a Chinese mm-hmm. food restaurant, I always got lo mein, and that was it. For sushi, I always got uh, spicy tuna, and that was it. My guess is for Thai food, I always got pad thai, and that was it. Okay. it was pretty close. Pad thai is lo mein. I mean, I know it's not, but, you know. Yeah. But now I try really hard to get something new every time. However, this time it was my girlfriend's birthday, so we both got pad thai. So that way mm-hmm. she could take a bite of my pad thai if she wanted to and still feel like she was getting the full experience. Because that's her favorite food. That's what she goes to. Wait, you both got pad thai, and then she uh, – how does that work? Did she get she ate your pad thai, but you both got pad thai? I think I got tofu and she got chicken or I got beef. And okay, chicken, something okay. like that. I don't, I don't know. It was different. Yeah. There was something different about it. We got two yeah. bad guys. Why? What is your go-to? Uh... I actually had Thai food last night. Um, oh. But uh, I last night I had Pad Thai because the, the people I was eating with, like, that's, like, the most basic Thai dish you can get. I, I, I pretty, like, everybody, if you talk about Thai food, I feel like everybody gets Pad Thai or everybody talks about Pad Thai. So I got that as, like, a be nice to everyone and, and uh, <laughs> try not to, like, get anything too weird. But uh, normally I get muan or chicken satay. Ooh. There's this place near Rutgers that I go to, and both mm. those dishes are so good, especially the Mulan. But I, I don't see on every menu and every, every time I go, so I was wondering. Yeah, I only do the chicken satay. That's yeah, funny. We have, uh, we're, we're jammed in between two really incredible um, Thai food places in Vietnam Cafe and Vientiane, which is just yeah. right where I live. Uh, and they're both BYOB, which is pretty fun if you're allowed to go to them. But now you're not anymore, so it's just yeah. everything's BYOB, I guess. Matt, what got you hooked on Ultimate? So initially, so initially, like I, I'm just like a fiend. Ever since I, I was ran track and did a lot of running, and I, I play, I ran cross country too. So I feel like once you start doing that, and you start to realize that like love of running, you just like never really can escape it. So my freshman year, when I, prior to me playing ultimate frisbee like i was i was a gym rat like i was going to the gym every day i was playing basketball anytime i could i was running a lot but like i didn't really have any kind of purpose or direction on what i was doing it was just like oh, i guess i'll just try to like get in really good shape or like look really good i don't know and then uh and then i think it was just more of like that addictive personality that i have to like working out it was just something for me to apply to and then i don't think i really took it seriously until my senior year playing so my senior year playing we had like these are guys that i've now spent the last like two or three years with and 
like we've had like countless nights together we hung out countless practices in the rain like count like tons of workouts we've done together and i think i was getting that like college nostalgia where i feel like once you once you get close to graduating college it just feels like your like life's just about to end you just feel like everything is just gonna like end once you graduate you have no idea what you're gonna do or like some people have jobs lined up i did not at the time so i i was like i, I was kind of just like freaking out and uh and knowing that going into my senior year i think it, it just gave me like a, a really a really great appreciation for what i was doing and so leading up that summer leading up to it i like threw multiple times a week like it was the first time i ever really did like ultimate specific workouts and i think I had like for the, for the most part of my senior se- senior year, like I I had a really good season. Um, I had some back issues in the spring that like limited me from from playing as much as I wanted to. Um, but I think that like the relationships that I made, the culture, uh, and like the friends that I made through it, were really like got me really into it. And I'm just curious, like, what what was that first ultimate practice for you like, like when you when you first went out to play? Did you did you feel lost? Was it something that was so foreign to you, or did it, did the, did the sport come natural to you? Uh the throwing definitely did not come natural to me. No, uh, <laughs> I was definitely very crappy at throwing for multiple years, and until my senior year, I think I I got I really like got a little bit better. Um, but the the sprinting past people, the scouting people, the beating people out, getting D's like that that was that that was really easy. What the what made you want to try out for the Phoenix? Uh, I played on a winter league team with Hanson, and he was like, and again, this is like now now I've graduated college, now I'm I, I have a job, I'm working, and uh, and I'm like. I was thinking about running a marathon or doing some kind of like doing something. I was, I was thinking about trying out for club in the spring, in the spring. And, um, our Dave Hanson was our, our winter league, like captain. And after coming out and staying in shape and, uh, coming to a couple of games, he, he convinced me to try out. And he's like, yeah, you know, like worst comes to worst. Like we'll try to keep you as a practice player, see how it goes. And like, I, I kind of, just another, another way of me just, applying but now i've had the ultimate experience i know how great it can be when you build those relationships and get in a tight-knit group of people who want to work hard and i was able to apply that addictive personality for working out and running again to this team and uh and i think last year was like an introduction year for me like i don't think i really besides the normal exercises routine that i was doing i didn't really prepare for the phoenix as much but um like i didn't tailor my workouts ultimate specific stuff. Uh, but once once I tried out, like, it was all ultimate for the rest of the year. So did you, could... did you try out for the Phoenix, make the team? Did you then already plan on going to patrol tryouts, or did people at the Phoenix tryouts see you and be like, wow, this kid's great. We should definitely convince him to come uh, to patrol. No, I, I, I planned on trying out for, like, the, the pop program. I... I think that playing for Phoenix and playing with a bunch of guys who also play patrol really helped me get to patrol. I think otherwise I probably, um, like I might've played on citywide or, uh, maybe in the but like, I think the fact that I, I played Phoenix and was able to showcase my skill set and showcase like 
who I am as a person and build those relationships really helped me out, uh, make the patrol team. Were you uh, surprised when you first went to that initial uh, Phoenix tryout about how serious it was, even though it was ultimate Frisbee? Uh, you know, I, I heard rumors that the, the combine wasn't always super organized. So when I, when I went to this one, it was, I, I was, yeah, a hundred percent. I was definitely uh, taken aback by how seriously they took it. Um, and how like, like I, I'm a really competitive person and I get really into stuff when I, uh, when I play things and I like when I, any kind of competition I just get super into. And when you're in college, you, there's like three or four of those guys in your team who are like die hard, like grind it out any scenario, like, and it's great. But then, uh, to come to a Phoenix tryout and have like every single person there, that same personality is really like, really gets you going. And uh, it says here that you are a Chicago Bulls fan. How did that come about being you're from central Jersey? Uh, so my dad has a sister who married uh, a guy and his entire family is from Chicago. And so I think I was like two or three years old and I was born in a Michael Jordan jersey. I was born in 1995. So when I was like two or three, he's still on his last like two championship runs. I was wearing the jersey and like the only athlete I knew growing up was Michael Jordan. Like a, like the first, like, first athlete I probably ever heard of or could speak. I was talking about Michael Jordan. So um, that's just always stuck with me. And you're a Jimmy Butler fan now, huh? Yeah, no, I love Jimmy Butler. I think that dude's a beast. Are you sad that he left the Sixers or happy that he was uh, with the Bulls? Uh, I was happy he was with the Bulls. I was happy he left the Bulls because the Bulls have been trash the past couple of years. Like, there's they're <laughs> a mess. Um, I was, I, I'm not a Sixers fan, but I was hyped for him to come to the Sixers because I was hyped to go see him. I actually went to a, a Sixers game last year with Hampson uh, and a couple other of my friends, and, uh, and Greg Muller was there. And – Jimmy Butler got hurt like the the day prior and didn't play. So I was so pissed. <laughs> I saw him on the bench though, so it was something. And now he's in uh, Miami, so I'll probably never see him play unless he, he goes back somewhere near us. No, we'll play him. We'll play him in the playoffs, and then we'll uh, we'll all get tickets to go. Oh, uh, you think the uh, you think there's gonna be playoffs this year? I gotta hope. I gotta hope for something. Well, speaking of playoffs, what do you what do you think is going to happen with the AUDL this year? I'm not sure. Um, I think I think if we have a season and if we play, they'll let us know like a week prior to it starting. So uh, I think the entire mentality and the culture we're trying to build is like practice post workouts in the group me like do like everybody's been trying to contribute something to it, and it's just like. Once, because once they let us know it's gonna happen, I, I guarantee you, like we'll have a practice like within a couple of days afterwards. What would you like to see happen? I would love to play, and um, I mean this year, like I was really planning on doubling down and didn't schedule any vacations and do uh, had saved all my days to take off for travel weekends and potential tournaments. Um, so I would absolutely love to play regardless of how it happens or what the season's like, like that's not, as, that, that's not very important to me. It's more about just getting the chance to play and uh, improve. I'm in, I'm still completely fascinated if the AEDL had a uh, one-weekend tournament. So, Steve, by one weekend, what do you mean? Like a four- or five-day thing? Or 
Yeah. Uh, exactly. How many games are we playing in a day? Would they decide the divisions? Would a yeah. division be decided every day? Or you would have two pool play games every day. Um, it would it would be over a four to five day period. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would uh, you would, you would play two games per day, and depending upon your record where you were seated, you would go in the pre quarters, and then you would have one game per day going out after that, just like college nationals. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's very interesting. You know, what I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be a, a terrible concept. You know, you might need yeah. an extra you might need an extra day to fit in an extra game because of how many teams would be there. Yeah, um, you would. It wouldn't be four four the four teams per division. It would be six. But um, overall, I mean, it's a it's a it's a doable concept if people can get the time off and you can get the field space. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I that would, that would be that's really interesting. I, I think it, I think it would be a lot of fun, and I think the, it would benefit a team like the Phoenix because the Phoenix are, are 30, 30 deep with their roster. I think they're young and they're in shape, and I think they've been working out this entire uh, quarantine. And I, I think other teams haven't been working out as hard and haven't been as hungry as this Phoenix team has. And I'm not sure if that's something that you've seen, um, and being more on the inside and privy to the emails and the uh, inside uh, – inside meetings and uh and the uh talk or whatever but uh, uh is that something that you've seen what what i would say is I, if that was a scenario i would i would bet on us for that <laughs> i like it uh, i like yeah. it i don't want to i don't want to say too much but i'll I bet on us all right all right i like it uh now if the uh what if if the uh, AUDL season were to start tomorrow, what would Matt Ballman be looking forward to the most? Would it be the new division alignment? Would it be traveling south? Uh, I would be looking forward to being able to throw someone. <laughs> and I would be looking forward to having some new people this guy. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, being 6'5", uh, I guess you, got to, uh, you have quite a few names in your book of people that you have, Sky, I'm sure. Uh I got a list, but <laughs> I got a list. Gotcha, gotcha. Matt, did you overlap at Delaware at all with Nard? Ah, uh, so actually, this is like one of the uh, so Nard and I are really close, but one of one of my like, no, I can't say a regret, but one of the biggest misfortunes that happened is that he was a senior when I was a freshman, and I didn't play my freshman year. Um, so I met him through like. Uh, workouts, and he come back to visit because he was really close with a bunch of other guys in the team there, and he he come to his practices, uh, and he coached us my senior year. But um, no, I did not get to I did not get to play with Nard at Delaware. Oh, that's rough. So you had the one year with him as a coach, and then now uh, I guess the year with him as a captain on the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So luck, yeah, luckily I don't think it really impeded us uh, as far as building relationships and becoming really good friends. Um, but yeah, that, that would have been really cool, and especially since I think I think Delaware, like m- my freshman year, I think we were like, I think we were pretty good, uh, better than we had a lot of really good seniors that were on the team then, and um, it would have been like I, it would have been so good if I if I got to play my freshman year, or if I got to be able to like play with some of those guys, and um, that, that would have definitely been beneficial to me. I mean, it's also tough for Del. Are you in? Um... Was Delaware in Ohio Valley? You know, uh, I'm not. Did you have sure. to play? Did you have to play Pitt at regionals and all the Pennsylvania teams, or did you have to play like no, Maryland? No, no, no. Yeah, we played Maryland. 
Oh. See, that's yeah. tough because that's, that's an even harder division to be in or, or region. Because then you have to fight through all, like, the Carolina teams. and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, – we went to Action Beginning and, and we played a bunch of those. So it was – yeah, it was a tough. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So it's in the past now. Yeah, for sure. Did you uh, – when you were on the team – like on the Phoenix, I mean, you're on the Phoenix now too, but there's just been much less of the season. Would there be things that happened that Hampton would do that you were like, ah, oh, I remember that from Delaware. That's a very Delaware thing that just happened. Or is he just his own thing? No, Hampton, I think I think Hampton's personality is just like, one thing I can say about the guy is he's always very consistent with how he does things. And so anytime he's very enthusiastic, he's a great speaker, and he's always been that way, regardless of whether we're, like, gearing up for, like, a beer Olympics or whether we're gearing up to, for an intramural game at Delaware or, like, a, a volleyball game, at, like, a rec volleyball game that doesn't even matter. Or, um, but like, I think I think every every time he's, he's similar in the fact and the idea that any kind of competition is, like, he, he just wants to win so badly. And uh, I think a lot of guys on the team resonate with that. So it works out quite well. Yeah. Speaking of uh, wanting to win, if if you had to add one thing to the team, what would you add to it? Let's say you had last year's team, because we don't really know how this year's team plays. Um, I think last year, uh, last year we got so many Ds, like when there were so many long D points. And we just could not – we just had trouble uh, finishing off those D points and converting them into scores. And I think we even were able to convert, like, 40% of those. Or uh, we we would be – we would have done a much better job last year. Getting the Ds isn't the issue for us. It's, it's uh, coming back and scoring on that same end. I mean, I just remember the first couple practices this year, it seemed like the D-line was killing it offensively. You guys were, like, yeah. the best almost. Yeah, I mean, uh, first couple practices, it was, like, that was a couple months ago, and I think we only had, a couple, we only had like, three or four practices. But uh, with the small sample size, I think we did a good job. Yeah. So it looks like you wanted to add the thing that, I mean, we'll never know, I guess, but hopefully that you yeah. added. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we get a chance to find out. Yeah, yeah. Matt, is it true that uh, Hampson's given the uh, or uh, and and Nate have given you guys the uh, green light on D to uh, go deep and bombs away on a turnover? Uh, you know, I hope so because that is my favorite thing. Um, but again, like I I haven't seen him in, in a couple months. We've watched film. Uh, all right, Phoenix fans, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Burning Bird. I'm Steve Liner. Thanks to Alexander Shaggy Shregas and Matt Ballman for joining us. Matt, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, for Shaggy, I'm Steve Liner. We'll talk to you next week.